Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. I want to jump right in. We are ending our healing and forgiveness pattern uh, today. And uh, it's important for me to tell you that, number one, all of these patterns that we've talked about this year uh, are not one and done. You know, sometimes you get into these series and you preach a six-week thing on, on faith or, or something like that, and you tend to treat them as though once the series is over, you move on to the next topic, on to the next thing, and, and you, you don't think about that topic anymore until the next series rolls around, which speaks about it, talks about it. And, and I, I want us to understand these patterns, which we talked about at the beginning of the year, we want to we deal with the patterns of our life so that we can adjust the posture of our life so that we can have it inhabit places in our life like Jesus did. And so we want to take up the patterns of Jesus. The patterns don't fill the room, they make the room, right? The patterns of our life create the space in which we will live. So if the pattern of our life is complaining, guess what? We will live in that space. If the pattern of our life is go, 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 and never rest, guess what? We will live in that space. If the pattern of our life is not to forgive, it's to hold things in, then guess what? We will live in that space, and the people you don't like will be in that space with you. And so the patterns of our life really begin to, just like a lazy boy on a good Sunday afternoon football game, which is on its way. Thank you, Jesus. I was in a restaurant yesterday, and they were showing high school football. Like, it was like, we just want something. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, I was, I, like, it's important for us as people to understand that these patterns, these rhythms, if, you, if you're sitting in a lazy boy, or you're sitting in a, some of you guys don't even know, they don't call it that anymore, just a big, comfortable chair. For a long time, you adjust your posture to that. And the, the challenge is when we get comfortable, not to say you can't get comfortable at times, but when we get comfortable, we're slower to react to the things that are ne- necessary for us. Um, you, we get comfortable in the places we are. And so these patterns of withdrawal and return, these patterns of temple to table, the te- patterns of death and resurrection, the patterns of healing and forgiveness, seeds and seasons, these patterns that we see in the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus are important for us. And healing and forgiveness was not just something he talked about. Uh, Jesus didn't show up, and we started the pattern by talking about a quote from N.T. Wright. He was not trying to be a mobile hospital just to do a few tricks every once in a while and then preach this kingdom. He was demonstrating the kingdom he was declaring. The, the, the miracles that he did were demonstrations of the kingdom he was declaring. It would be so interesting for someone to show up, and we tend to have this a lot. It's politics season, right? It is, it is a season where everybody's promising their kingdom, their way it's going to be. If, if you just put me in office, if you just, this is how it's going to be. And understandably so, there's some of that that is possibly true and could be true and all of those things. But the reality is, is that so, much, so many times what, what Jesus was doing was he was healing and forgiving, and then he was declaring the kingdom that came with it. Or he was declaring the kingdom and to prove the kingdom. So like the uh, greatest story of all, my favorite verse in the Bible, uh, because there are more important ones than others. Uh, Mark chapter 2 is when Jesus, some of you are like, I don't know if I should laugh because it's blasphemous. You, Mark chapter 2, lay down the lame man and what does he do? He says he forgives his sins, which is kind of a, you know, it's a little bit anticlimactic to climb up a roof, lower down a man, and then Jesus goes, you're forgiven. He's like, that's not really why I came. And, uh, and the guys go, wait, you can't forgive. And he goes, I, well, actually, how much harder is it to tell him to get up and walk than it is to forgive sins? He knew that the rabbis already thought, or the, the Pharisees already believed, that if you couldn't heal someone, then you also didn't have the authority to forgive. So he forgave so that they would ask the question, wait, you can't do that unless you heal. And he goes, oh, that's right. Stand up and walk. 
And so the forgiveness of the kingdom and the healing of Jesus went hand in hand in proclaiming the kingdom, proclaiming the gospel, the good news. And the good news is Jesus and the kingdom that he brings. And so this healing and forgiveness pattern, our goal and our hope, we started with, man, there's things that we have to deal with, things that we need to work through, and, and the weight of this healing and forgiveness, because I know for a lot of us, now, there are things we have forgiven and things we've seen healed. And then there are also things that we have seen that are in our lives that we can't seem to forgive, right? The things we've prayed for that have not yet happened. And so there's this balance in our lives, and it shouldn't be that the church runs from those. It's that the church understands those even greater because we are in a now and not yet kingdom. We are in a kingdom that is near and yet far off. We are in a kingdom that is both proclaimed and we begin to see hints of it more and more and more. And yet we have not fully arrived when it is on the earth completely as heaven. And that is the kingdom we are looking towards. Amen? That's why resurrection is so important. All right, Luke chapter 9. I'm just going to hit this two verses. This is all I'm going to read today. I'm not going to read any other verses. This is it. That's all I got in my notes. Promise. And I can't read any verses that are outside my notes. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says, summoning the twelve, he gave them power and what? Authority. We just sang a song like that. I am who you say. That's a good song, dude. Undefeated. I just want to sing it. I've been, I was listening to gospel on the way here, so I'm all riled up. I'm ready to go. Over all the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Interesting thing happens right before this. Right before this, we have someone come before Jesus and say, hey, my daughter's dead or dying. And he goes, okay, I'm on my way. He's trying to push through a crowd. The woman with the issue of blood begins to touches his robe. He turns around. I know power has left me, right? Oh, she's healed. It's all good, right? Then he keeps going. Someone comes along and says, no, don't worry about coming along because she's already died. He goes, no, 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 we'll get there. He goes, he shows up. They said they're laughing at him because he believes that he can do something, right? And he goes, why don't y'all go, move along. Come on, get some people around you who believe in the best, right? Believe in the future, believe in what God can do. So he, he, he shoes them out of the room. Just, why don't you just move along? And then he raises up this girl, right? And then he comes into this place and says, hey, come together. I want to tell you what's going to happen. I, I want you to go, but he gives them power and authority first. And after that, they go, but he tells them, don't take a ro- don't take all the extra clothes. Don't pack a big bag. Don't take money. Don't do any of that stuff. Just go into the cities. Go onto the streets. Go into the different places. I want you to proclaim the good news, and I want you to heal the sick. They come back in verse 10 and begin to give a report. This is the way Jesus worked. Jesus gives you something to do, right? Get that, those who are faithful with little will be faithful with much. That's why, for many of us, the little, the little nudges of the Holy Spirit when you're sitting at lunch the little nudges of the Holy Spirit when you're in your cubicle, the little nudges of the Holy Spirit when you're sitting on your phone and he says, why don't you text this person? Those, if you listen to those, they become louder and louder, bigger and bigger, and they become more substantial over time. Why? Because he wants to see this heart that's willing to walk around the city seven times. He, I was actually with a, a pastor friend of mine uh, this week. Pastor's in Fort Worth, and uh, we've become good friends. And I was telling him a story, and you've heard this story if you've been here for any length of time, because I was with a friend one time at a coffee shop, and he stopped listening to me. I could tell very easily he was not. He was checked out. I was like, why is he not? I'm talking. This is a great story. And he's not listening. And he leans over to the young ladies that are sitting next to us, and he says, hey, the Lord just told me to, like, honestly, I'm just going, what are you doing right now? I didn't, he was single at the time, so I didn't know. Maybe he was just trying to, like, work as what the Lord said. 
we should be dating. And, uh, and he leans over and he says, Asia. The Lord told me to tell you the word Asia. And both girls, their jaws dropped. And I'm like, I'm kind of jaw dropped, but I'm, I'm probably dropped for a different reason than they are. Like, I don't, what are you doing? And uh, they go, oh, my God. And he goes, I just, I, yeah, just the Lord just told me that don't, don't worry. It's going to happen. You're good. And she goes, this is, not, this is a true story. She goes, oh, my gosh. I've been trying to get to Thailand, and the money's drying up, and I've not been able to raise the money. I've not been able to get there, and I've been wondering if I just should give up and not go. And he's like, no, no, I think we're going to be fine. Just keep going. If Asia had popped into my head, I would have been like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and he does it. He leans over and says it. So I tell this to, the, to my buddy. He's pastoring a church. And um, I told him that Donnie and Ruthie are over leading worship for us. And he got really excited. Um, and so he's a great dude. I love him. So we're at Black Hat Pizza. And we're eating. And uh, the next day, he posts a picture of him at Black Hat Pizza. And he, had, uh, he texted me right after this. And he said, hey, so I think I am becoming more charismatic. <laughs> we make a joke with each other. It's, it's funny. We're, by the way, we're all charismatic because the Holy Spirit's in you and just get over it. And so, uh, and so, um, so anyways, he says, I, I felt like the Lord told me to talk to some people, and, and I did. And uh, it turned into a beautiful conversation around race and racial tensions and injustice and all this kind of stuff. And they had just moved here, and she's dealing with MS and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, he goes, I think, I think it's happening. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm just waiting for my Asia. And, uh, and so all, all I bring that up to just simply say that there's these little, there's these little things. And all my guess is that if you're willing enough, those little moments have happened to you where you drive by someone and go, I should stop and help. And it sounds ridiculous. It does not sound like a smart move. It doesn't sound like annoying. That's why the wisdom that we have is not wisdom of this world, because it will never fit the mold. It will not check all the boxes. There will be times where the wisdom God has given you is counter to what the world would tell you to do. It is like Peter getting out of the boat. Jesus said, do it. So is that wisdom or not wisdom? Is it wisdom to get out of a boat in the middle of the storm? I think it's, I think it's a little bit, I think it's a bad idea. Jesus said go, though, and so now it becomes wisdom. See, the word of the Lord is wisdom. That doesn't mean he's always telling you to get out of the boat. Sometimes he's saying, get in the boat, I'll make the, yeah, let's go to the other side. It's not always you're walking on water, but at the same time, it is the willingness to hear, right? And so Jesus is kind of giving them just a little bit at a time, these breadcrumbs of what the kingdom looks like, the breadcrumbs of like kind of, hey, would you just, I want you to go out and give it a shot. I want you to come back and give me a report. And then you see it actually in Luke 10, you see him give a even more in-depth uh, kind of training on how this should look. Because this Luke 9 one, he doesn't really do that. He doesn't really give them a whole lot of ideas of how this is going to look. Uh, obedience is easy when you know exactly how it's going to go. Obedience is not always easy when you're not exactly sure how this all works out. That's why the Holy Spirit has to be, and that's why worship is so important, because it, it reminds us of who God is, and it reminds us of where He belongs, and so when the time comes for us to do what He's asked us to do, we aren't questioning who He is. We, we, we have to understand that God is both good and great, that He's great enough to do it and good enough to do it. He is great enough to heal and has compassion enough to heal. And so Jesus calls these guys to him, summoning the 12. I don't know if you've ever gotten a summons in the mail to go do jury duty. 
I never get on. I never get on. The one time I was super close to being on a jury, and I was kind of stoked for it, I knew one of the attorneys. And I was like, well, that's just not, not cool. So I fit his conflict of interest, I guess. She saw me walk in. She goes, oh. And she's, uh, and I, we had not seen each other in 10 years. She went to my high school. So I don't even, I wouldn't even, I don't know. And I didn't like her then, so I probably would have voted. I'm just joking. I think that's why I'm not on the, that's why I wasn't in the jury. Um, <laughs> and so Jesus calls them together and says what? He says he gave them power and authority. These are two different things. Power and authority. He gives them power, dunamis, power. Okay, this word dunamis is in Acts 2 when when uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes and they have power, when Jesus says, I will give you power in Acts 1, it's that same word that I'm going to give you power. So I'm going to give you the ability to do it, right? And then authority. Authority and power are two different things. Authority is then the, 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 um, the authorization, of course. It is the you are allowed to do this, right? So we have different times in the gospel where there are men who are doing certain things outside the authority of God, but they, for some reason, had the power to do it. We talked a little bit about this last week. You can go back to last week talking about add some super to your natural. It doesn't mean get rid of the earth. It just makes sure that your mind is in heaven every once in a while. If you want to bring heaven to earth, you have to make sure that your feet are, family plant, feet are firmly planted in the earth. Stop it, Mary. Don't laugh at me. My goodness. Greatest cheerleader over there. And feet are firmly planted on the ground. And our head is in heaven. That we are willing to live in both worlds. Willing to both put on the essential oils and pray and fast. Right? I don't, the essential oils. Don't get me started. Okay. The only authority you have is the authority you've been submitted to. The only authority you have is the authority you've been submitted to. I remember I used to work at a place that required a badge. Right, you walk in, you had to do the thing at the door. I had all the ability to do the job they've asked me to do, but I had to first get authorization from them to do it. So this is so important. What Jesus does is calls them to himself, and it says he gave them power and authority. So many times we try to do these things outside of his authorization, outside of. And that doesn't mean like every time you got to get some kind of code and to, before you pray. And doesn't mean any, but it, but it does simply mean that we come close to the Lord. Jesus does this. Jesus withdraws to get close to the Father so that he can come down and make a decision, pray. There are all kinds of decisions and things that happened out of Jesus withdrawing to pray and coming back with more of the Father, with an understanding of what God wanted to do. So Jesus calls him close. And I wonder if you and I are people who have come close to him and so often we try to work these things out in our own strength and our own ability and he's saying would you just come close so that I can give you the power and authority to do the things that I've called you and created you to do I, I watched someone this week and I, I don't really follow him much but he said the greatest thing you can do is start going to bed at 10 o'clock and waking up at 5 a.m. to be with Jesus the greatest thing you can do in your life, and I haven't yet done it, but the greatest thing you can do in your life is go to, ten, go to bed at 10 o'clock and wake up at 5 a.m. to be with Jesus. So many of the people I know, I remember Phil Pringle, who started C3 Global, has pastored 600 churches all over the world, still to this day getting up at 5 a.m. to pray. My grandfather used to walk the beach of Newport. Now, I know that's an easy decision, but used to walk the beach of Newport Beach to pray, right? Get out there with the jetty and just begin to walk and pray and seek the Lord. There's something amazing that happens. It's weird. The people who are doing amazing things for the Lord seem to put a premium 
on being with him. Above all other things, to be with him. I'm not saying that that promises everything. I mean, even Jesus tells them to go preach and heal the sick. He's not guaranteed. If somebody go, well, I'm not sure the Lord heals today because it doesn't always work. Well, that's like saying preaching always works. There, there will be someone who walks in here today who hears what I'm saying, and 99.9% .9 of people are going to be like, that was awesome. There's going to be that one person who walks out of here and goes, that didn't really hit me. Sometimes we, it not working in some places means that we give up in others. And we need, that's the now and not yet of the kingdom of heaven. We need to be people who walk in the authority that God gives us. And it says that he sent them out. So before we are sent, we must show up. Right, Jesus, there's a moment, I love one of the verses in the Bible, I can't remember where it is, because uh, it's so impactful, and uh, the disciples climb up the hill, there's a group of people that follow him to the hill, and then he goes up further, and his disciples go further with him, and it's, it's one of those things, not a heavy burden type thing, but it is a, am I willing to ascend the hill of the Lord, am I willing to go with him, because when we come back down, he's going to send me out, will I wait upon him, like Acts 1 says, right, our continual prayer Results in sudden power. Acts 1, they were continually united in prayer. Acts 2, all of a sudden, the wind came and the fire fell and they were walking in the Spirit. And they were sent. Now, I want you, I want you this word here and then I'm going to wrap up. So, I told you I was going to go short. I'm not sure if I've been short, but whatever. But the meaning of apostello, this word, and I love pastors who bring up the Greek as though they've studied it their whole life. I haven't. I got this from someone else, Okay. But the meaning of apostello is more than just to send because it's not just like, okay, go. But it is to send off on a commission to do something, a commission to do something as one's personal representative with credentials furnished. It's a different way to look at sent, right? Sometimes we hear Jesus sent and we go, oh, okay, cool. So he was like, all right, see ya. No, no, no. He's saying, I'm sending you as me. I'm sending you into the earth as myself. The more and more I look at Jesus, the more and more I look like Jesus. The more and more I have the patterns of Jesus, the more and more I stand with the posture of Jesus and I begin to inhabit the places like Jesus did. And so this word is this idea that you have been commissioned for a job. You have been commissioned for a thing. Three things that are true of every person sent by God. Number one, you belong to God who has sent you out. Number two, you are commissioned to be sent out. And three, you possess all the authority and power from the God who has sent you. This is who you are. This is who you are as a disciple, as a follower, as a believer, as one who walks with Jesus, is to be commissioned into a thing, to be given all the credentials to walk as Jesus did on the earth. It would be a terrible thing for Jesus to say, go into all the world and make disciples of, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and heal the sick. How? I don't know, but figure it out. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus gave them all that he was so that they could become more like him in the places he sent them. So whatever street you live on, whatever street you work at, whatever place you inhabit, whatever, whatever hearts you interact with, whatever people you spend time with, those people are looking for Jesus and they will see him in you. Your calling is to be like Jesus wherever you go, whenever you go, however you go. I know that can be a little bit challenging, but that's why the Holy Spirit is with you. Everything Paul speaks to is this idea that the Holy Spirit would empower you to do it. The whole idea is that you would be given something to help you become something. 
So the signs of the, the kingdom, the signs were not for the purpose of simply demonstrating supernatural power, but they were to create wonder and give a taste of the character and the goodness of God. So these people went, the disciples went, the disciples went into every street, and went in all these places and began to heal the sick and they began to preach the kingdom. They began to do what Jesus had sent them to do. And one of my favorite quotes of all time from a guy named Willie George, and only if you've been in church for a long time would you know who this is. There's a guy named Willie George, and this is what uh, he says. He says, miracles come on the frontier of the gospel. Miracles happen on the frontier of the gospel. So many times we are looking to come into a place like this and see God move, and he can, and he will, and he has. But so often what he's looking for is for people to lean over and say, hey, uh, Asia, looking for someone to walk by a conversation and heal something, hear something about being sick or walking through something and go, hey, can I pray with you? Looking for people to lean into what's possible when we're willing to look a little bit foolish when we're willing to look a little bit, wait, I heard, so, okay, I'm going to obey that. I want to challenge you even this week. In moments where you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying yes, say yes. When you feel like the Holy, when you look at a situation and you just chalk it up to, oh, that, yeah, I'm just a good, nice person. Have you ever done that? Where the Holy Spirit says, hey, you should talk to that person and you just chalk it up to, well, I'm, I am such a kind-hearted person to even think that. The reality is the Holy Spirit's going, no, you're not. Well, I'm trying to remind you of who you are. And maybe, just maybe, he is actually using what you are and who you are to be a light in a place where only you would go. So the, Jesus takes these people, he, he takes the disciples after years of hanging out, and the, the worship team can come on up. The, 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 takes these disciples, summons them to him, and he says, he says, hey, I want you to go. I want you to heal, and I want you to preach the kingdom. But before you go, I'm going to give you power and authority to do so. I'm going to both give you the ability to do it, and I'm going to give you the authority to do it. And this power is not one that you would get when the moment comes, but the power is one that you possess. The power is one that is in you now. Uh, R.A. Torrey has a great book on the Holy Spirit. You should check it out. But, but what he speaks to, this idea, is that we can be filled in moments of the Holy Spirit for supernatural things to happen. But at the same time, we always have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always with us, willing and able to do things. And oftentimes, it is not about his willingness. It is about ours. Oftentimes, it is, has less, less to do with his ability to do it and our willingness to do it. There are people, I promise you, just because I'm preaching it right now, there will be people who come along your path this week. This week. And here's what I'm asking you. Are you willing to at least give it a go? Are you at least willing to give it a shot? Are you willing to at least go, I'm, you know, and you can preface it with all you want. This is a little weird. I don't normally do this. At some point, that's going to get old. You're going to have to just start engaging the fact that, no, this is who you are now. But I, I, you know, but I just, I felt like the Lord said this. And they may look at you and their jaws may drop, but not because they've been thinking about Asia, but because they've been like, no, you're weird. They might do that. It might happen. I have very few people I know who've taken steps like this, who haven't at some point had some kind of encounter with people who did not agree with what they're saying. I, I, I don't know how many Sundays I've preached where I get off the stage and I go, oh, that, that was not what I expected it. Now, no one ever echoes that because you are beautiful, nice, kind people who are very, very polite. 
But listen, we don't do this because we're guaranteed the result every single time. We do this because we're submitted to the idea that God can and will, if we will step out, lean in, walk the circle, do the thing, lift our voice, and be willing to let God do what he wants to do. Amen? And so my message today, as much as healing and forgiveness has been about you and I and being healed, and I'm going to put some things out because I don't think this is one that you can wrap up in six weeks and be like, oh, yeah, everybody's healed, everybody's forgiven, everything's good. So I'll put out some things this week, hopefully, that, that would encourage and continue the, pro, uh, the, the process and progress of, of this in your life. But my goal, my hope today was simply this. Would you come to the Father and let him send you? Would, would you show up to Jesus and let him send you out into the earth? Would you be willing to be as churchy and corny as it sounds, the hands and feet of Jesus? I, I, I think it's hard to be the hands of Jesus without first having the heart of Jesus. Our heart for people will cause us to extend our hand towards them. So maybe today, just today, right now, there's an opportunity for you to just decide, hey, this week, three times, I'm going to take a chance. Some, some of you, it's like, okay, I'm just going to get one because I'm not that person. Fine, cool. Don't ever let your personality get in the way of purpose. Don't ever let the fact that you're an introvert or an extrovert get in the way of the fact that God wants to use you whenever, however. Don't ever let that supersede the idea that something's on the inside of you that God needs to get into the earth. And I just want, I, I, I want you today, just right now, to make the decision, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in the room, to make the decision to be people who are sent people, commissioned for a work, given all the credentials, everything you need. You've got the ability to do it and the authority to do it. You have it, and you can walk in it. And you will. I, I, I can't wait to come back next week, and some of you go, man, I, I, I did. I prayed with somebody. I'm not even sure if it worked. I just know, it, man, something shifted in both me and them. And, hey, you know what? I, I talked to someone. I, I asked them about this. I talk, Man, the Lord told me to stop. And I wonder what happens when the church begins to realize that this isn't all of it, that this doesn't contain what, the, what God wants to do in the earth. That heaven will make it to earth if the church will go into it. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you have given us more. You have given us great things to do. You have given us purpose in our hearts. And sometimes we won't know what Monday needs to look like till we get to Monday. We won't know who we're supposed to reach today until it is today. Because we are just living our life step by step with you. And you have brought us together today, this morning, to give us power, to give us authority, to breathe on us in our heart and soul, and send us out into the world, commission, as, as you, to be who you are in the earth you've made. We are your creation, reflecting the Creator. We are called to become like Jesus in the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that today, as we leave this place, as we, uh, as we walk out of this place, that you would make a way in us, that we would be bold enough, willing enough, trusting enough, that when we hear your voice, we would answer your call. In Jesus' name.